Okay. And it's, uh, good morning, everyone. It's December, like V said. It's the first sort of kind of almost real December since that thing happened. <laughs> and so we're gathering again at work and at, uh, you know, at office and church and with family. And so things are happening. That means it's the season to be annoyed and irritated by each other. <laughs> because it's, it'll be loud eaters. Or it'll be Mrs. Zero Personal Space. Or Mr. Spitz when he speaks. <laughs> and the truth is, being in community has gotten hard. Um, because things have happened. And so I needed to remind myself about the power of forgiveness. And so the title of my message today is Forgiveness is Forgiving. And I'll explain that. So the pandemic stole a lot from us, but it also, it stopped our bodies from moving, and that includes the body of Christ. And when a body stops moving, we know that muscles shrink. And so now we're, we're finding that our strength to do community, our community muscle, has shrunk. But our muscle of self-preservation, that grew. Because although lockdown saved lives, it also was the most intense period of self-preservation that society has seen for thousands of years. And so now we're seeing experts are telling us that things like resentment and uh, sort of it's, it's resentment and ownership and that sort of thing, those things have overtaken us and they're poisoning us. And now the secular world is scrambling around for a reason to actually forgive people and themselves. But the problem is when, if you don't believe, we're just the product of random random acts. And so there's no good reason to forgive because there's no real right or wrong. And so outside of faith, the problem is our hearts do cry out in the face of injustice and hurt. And so outside of faith in Jesus, we have no good real reason to forgive. His forgiveness of sins is what makes us understand it. And it's important because if we, if we don't even Christ tells us, he tells Peter the parable of the unmerciful servant. A king is gathering his accounts of his debts, and he forgives one man his enormous debt, a debt too great for him to pay. And Paul tells us in Colossians 2.14 that Christ canceled the legal charge of our, of our sin. He nailed it to the cross. In Jesus' day, if you wanted to do a background check, a credit check on someone, you'd go down to the tree in the town center, obviously. Um, and there, if, a, if an account was closed, a note was written, and on it was written cancelled, and that was nailed to the tree. The Bible is a literary masterpiece. So how's the servant respond? Well, he punishes the man in his debt, obviously. Um, and so the king calls him back in, and he says, is this how the one I forgives, uh, I've forgiven forgives? And then he has him punished until he can repay his debt. And Jesus warns us, that that's how his father will repay each of us unless we forgive our brothers. And I struggle with that because what do I do? Does that mean that their sin and their transgression has power over me? No, Jesus says no. He says forgive. <laughs> Just checking. And, <laughs> and what he does with that is I, he put a word on my heart about a month ago and I I thought, I really hope this reaches someone else, because I don't need to forgive anyone. 
And then my cousin died of a heart attack at 34 last week. And we were incredibly close as kids. But he, he became a heroin addict in his teens, and he lied, and he cheated, and he stole thousands from my family and from my gran. And so hatred distanced me from him. And now he's dead, and he can't do anything about what he's done. So what do I do with that? I got angry, and I got sad. But then I remembered the words of that king. Is this how the one I've forgiven forgives? And so I didn't want to do it, but I did it. Because we think forgiveness is a choice, and that's a myth. It's a command. And so if, <laughs> when I was writing this, something hit me. Do we know the charge that sent Jesus to the cross? It was actually when the Pharisees started to plot Jesus' death was when he started telling people they were forgiven. That's what sunk in for them. That's what they saw as Christ's unforgivable act was his forgiveness. And so if God, if Jesus was compelled to the cross by forgiveness, if it's the last thing he asked of his father for those who were persecuting him from that cross, if he commands it of his followers, then I'd suggest that there's God-given power in it. I, I know I can only love because I'm loved. I know it. I know I can only forgive because I'm forgiven. That's how we heal hurts. That's how we overcome offense that the enemy wants to use to push us into destructive isolation. He uses it. He tells you. There's a myth. You have to forgive and forget. But that doesn't happen because a, a, a sight, a sound, a smell transports you back to an amazing memory or an incredible hurt. And that's when he says to you, I thought you forgave. But now you're remembering the pain and the hurt. And so that forgiveness was a lie. No, our memory helps us protect those we've forgiven from hurting us again. That's functional forgiveness. And so this Christmas, I want to thank God for the gift of his forgiveness by giving it. Thank you.